is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM OutQ. Yeah. New music by Robin and Le Begatelle Magique. That is Love is Free. I'm Larry Flick, and you're listening to The Jolt on Sirius XM OutQ. I want to thank Emmett Lundberg for joining us. You know what? He could get it. Okay. Right? He is a, he's a hottie patati. How are you okay. doing? Speaking mm. of hotties, I'm <laughs> typing her name onto your screen, so when you look at the radio, you're like, who is he talking to? I'm talking to Jenny, and I always misspell her name. Pulos! Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. The glamour girl herself. Right? You know, with my glamour boys. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Look at you. Right? Look at her. You're tan and everything. Spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Jenny is back on our screens for the eighth season of Flipping Out on Bravo Wednesday nights. Um, and uh, so uh, I saw Jeff yesterday, but we're going to air that interview Friday. Um and, and I was telling Jenny off the air that I, I hit the hot red button without knowing it by saying or asking off the cuff, do you have new producers? Because the show looks different. Yes, we and do. And he, it was like a meltdown <laughs> about the old, wait, you want to hear the episode, the interview because he kind of just goes, so you can notice, you know what he's like, right? And he goes, <laughs> it was a hot red button. It was a hot red and button. And you pushed it. Well, because the show, because I watched the show. And I've been watching the show since the first season, like a lot of people, and it looks different. And it is, you know. And it's I, and it's a, little, a little more cinematic now. I have to say, you know, this is our eighth season, and you're like, oh, gosh, eight seasons in. And I would say if you've gone away from the show, come back. That I am so proud of this year. It's just kind of really rounded out, you mm. know. Everything is wider, deeper. It's very cinematic. Uh, we have our original showrunner back. He left for a while, and I think it was like the family's back together, and mm. we're stronger than ever. And and it, what I liked about the first episode is how it has um, it sort of reboots the entire concept of the show. It sort of re-explains everything and everybody without being obnoxious. Yep. Um, but it kind of reset. It's, it's a reset. It's total reset. It's a real. That's it's a perfectly very, put. A very conscious reset. The way it's the way it's framed. The way that you have the the pre-dawn book ending of the show and the way everybody is kind of seen and all it's a really it is a good time to come back if you haven't been watching it um but i'm going to be honest i never stopped watching the show i like this show a lot so and i and i and 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 i'm always fascinated by um your your presence in it because he jeff thrives around three-legged dogs and you're not a three-legged dog, are right? You, are you sure? Aren't we I'm all three-legged I'm, dogs? No, a but, you're, but you're not. Yeah, we are all <laughs> a little know? bit. But he looks for them. <laughs> you know, like he he like sometimes I look at look at you know Jeff Lewis's house, and I think that's the uh, site of an ASPCA commercial. It's nothing but like with Jewel singing. Yeah, yeah or, or <laughs> in the arms of an angel. <laughs> it, it's like all the animals that have yet to be put down. They ultimately stop by your office and work for a while. Yes, I was. I am one of those animals. I think maybe I went from five to three legs. Now I'm sometimes at four. <laughs> you know. Uh, I think that there is. 
you know, Jeff is passionate. And I know that can say, oh, you're making. But I relate to that, you know, coming from a family that worked their tail off and started a business that, you know, it was selling spaghetti. And they started with one store. And here they are 40 years later. And it's remained privately owned, the old spaghetti factory. It's not here in New York, but very a lot of places. And so I think that when it's kind of all been pared down that we respect each other's work ethic. We respect, I respect how much he loves and cares about his work, his clients. He, yeah. it, you know, he put like the show, you know, you, you said he was, he, oh, it was a, that to me is, you know, you want that in life. That, Absolutely. You know, um, I think that, yeah, he, he, you know, he can sometimes, I call him a colorful boss. Um, he, uh, He's got his his things. He's you know? got his thing. It's true. And the thing and, and the thing I think maybe I watch it so closely because and I've said this to him numerous times and I think I've said to you numerous times. I relate to him because I can often be like him. Oh yeah. A and, lot of people relate to him. <laughs> and I think there's people that relate to myself, Zoila, you know, this season like because it's a reboot, I think you get to know Gage a lot more and and you know, deeper, mm. um, and other characters as well. Vanina, who's been now working for him a long time. There's a new employee that comes in that's just fantastic. He came in in episode two. So, um, you know, yeah, I think that people understand Jeff's frustration. I mean, my brother-in-law texted me, and he works in real estate in Arizona, and said, I had that meltdown with my employees six months ago in episode one where you know we had that meeting it was awful and he Mm -hmm. would and then he went to another client and it was more of the same where he was frustrated and it just was like oh i look like a fool and this is why this is what i wanted to ask you about because i because i i'm i'm always a a couple of days behind because of uh, my work schedule um so i've only seen the first episode so far um how do you hold it together when you're sitting because in that first episode that scene where the presentation for jazz is just jazz is just falling apart i said to him i said to jeff i would have taken my shoe off and started beating megan <laughs> i would have taken my shoe off and i would have just started beating her with the shoe yeah and I... he held it together way better than i did and of course you i think i almost think you were holding him together by the way you were staring at him what happens to you? Because you know better than anybody what he's like. What happens in your head when you see her? This because this is all really happening on the. This is all happening in real life, and you're just like, this is not good. This is not good. And then you go to the next site, and Eric Prids is throwing both of you under the under the the bus because his crazy wife is like, you know, I don't want my washing machines in this space, and and I know Eric because. I work in music and you know, whatever. So I'm thinking that's the way Eric Prince is, though. He's very yes, 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 but he's whipped by his wife. So uh, what are you thinking the entire time as it's all coming undone? I remember w- when we walked down that driveway after the meeting with Eric and Sophie, I just went, oh, this is, it's coming. <laughs> the volcano's coming. You know, you feel the energy. And um, he was... You know, I think what you saw to a degree on that episode, but not fully, was he was actually very 
ashamed. So it was yeah. it was not just upset, but it was you know he was disappointed in himself mm. and obviously the staff because he cares so much. You know that is why you see you know he just couldn't keep it in. But you know I think Jeff and I are similar in that we kind of we will get it out and then we're done. And not everybody, you know, everybody has a different language. You know, my husband even, he's more reflex. He doesn't, he didn't grow up in a household where it was like yelling and screaming and emotional. And that's our language, you know. So I don't take it as, oh, Jeff is, you know, having a flip out. I'm just like, oh, this is his, he's getting his emotions out. He's saying it Mm. because he felt it. So that's Jenny Poulos joining us here on The Jolt. It's uh, about 15 before the hour. The uh, new season of Flipping Out, Bravo, Wednesday nights. Um, one thing that we I, I've been dying to get you in the room to talk about again is uh, is the book you wrote that you put out last year, Grit and Barrett. Um, very successful book, very, very interesting, useful book. Um, and I'm wondering how you're, you've been applying some of your principles that you talk about in that book to your life since your daughter has become a two-year-old, since you're deeper into your marriage. You know, you, you, you've, you wrote in that book, which is a great, and we talked about that book last time. It's a remarkably helpful, I keep it on my shelf uh, to look at every once in a while, book about how to kind of keep it going and keep happy when the world around you is trying not to Thank you. That means so much to me that you would bring that up again. You know, I it was the hardest project I've ever done for a variety of reasons and the most fulfilling in so many ways by the response. You know, mm. I uh, I'm always checking in, though. That's what we do. You know, and so how, how are you how are you navigating? Because you're being a mother is even more selfless than being partnered with Jeff or being someone's wife. Yeah, being a mother has made me a better partner for Jeff. I think it's it's definitely changed my perspective on so much. And I make jokes about it, but now it's like, Mommy, I do it better. I'm like, oh, girl, I know this drill. <laughs> 14 years down this road, baby. It's all good. Jeff Lewis is nothing, baby. You know, um, I don't want my daughter to, to – I don't want to be negative for my daughter, you know, mm. Um now, are we going to have bad days? Can she choose to say no? Yes. I, I'm finding the way I want to parent is that a lot of influences are in her life, too. Now, you can say, oh, you're a working mother, so you use that as an excuse. No, I'm a working mother because that's what I've chosen to be, and I respect anybody that works and is a parent because it's all about what you put in when you're there. You know, I've been fortunate to have found someone who has become a part of our family and has been such an influence, her nanny, in my daughter's life. And it's like, I am so fortunate that she's had this other energy, this other spirit, that they have a tight relationship. And there's a love there that why would I, that, that's so selfish if I would say, well, you know, it's, it's about her and I. And I don't find our bond to be any less strong because there are other people. You know, because I look at it in a spiritual way, too. I think, okay, this is my child, but really this is God's child that I've been asked to look over and be, but she isn't totally mine. 
Does that sound really heady? It may. I know. I think it sounds. I think it sounds remarkable and beautiful. And I believe that in adoption too. I believe yeah. when people come, when souls come together, they come together for a reason. What I'm curious though, when you say that, and 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 I remember our last conversation, we talked about your spirituality and talked, and that's one of the really important parts of the book. It is. Um, and, you know, my co-author, Kathleen King, who I have been working with 10 years, is such an important part of the reason I wrote that book. She was my teacher, and she was so much about these are the, this is how you have to retrain yeah. the way you think. And like I talked about, we all need great people in our lives, mentors, people that can give us the tough love. And as a parent now, you go, oh, what is tough love? You know, you can't always be best friends with your child either. And no. and that's something where it's like this whole, oh, you know, no reprimanding, no discipline. Jeff and I have talked about that. I said, you know, no, she's going to get disciplined. And when it's no, it's no. And that's, good. that's my choice, you know, but I also don't judge people. The way people parent, either. But how do you, how do <laughs> yeah. you deal with with people judging you in that most people feel and they project that if they are faith based, which is what we're really talking about, then they can't project edgy qualities, an acerbic sense of humor, a lot of the things that you project. I mean, you're very light, but you're not afraid of the edge. You're not afraid of any of the the prickly things of life and you kind of embrace them the same way you embrace your, your, your spirituality. But a lot of people judge that. Yeah. They'll say, how could she be spiritual? Listen to what she does, or look at who Absolutely. she's hanging out with, or look at that show. And I spent a lot of my life trying to be a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, and definitely in the, the victim position. You know, the three, five, like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Feel sorry. Oh, this, why me? Why me? And I just, again, to go back to the book, that didn't work and so I think you have to run your own race and you know especially being on a show where our public life has been very public yeah. you know, for eight years and people say they know us they do I had to let that go you know when my marriage fell apart and it was going to be so humiliating and I knew that was going to air and be on sale at Target you know <laughs> it was like that was the step into wow I have to really not care about what people think and I also have to trust that when life isn't going the way you think it's going to go you have to know that something is better and every day when I look at my daughter I say she was worth the wait you know mm. it makes me cry because I want people to have that message which is hang in there and don't like get out of your own way because yeah. there's something better for you coming but you have to let go like that energy has to really be a shift there it's, has to be a shift and i know when we talked about what you went through yeah i you mean know, it's with been, your health and yeah, it was like a game changer it was a total game changer and i think also you know i thought i, I was uh, going through the book again yesterday getting ready for you to come visit and i was thinking about um even the the relationship issues that that we all have and and sometimes you know I, I I found the the man I'm meant to be with at 40 and I've spent a long to nine years with the total loser and um, and sometimes I think God why didn't I find Shane earlier what what like what what was blocking it how was I blocking it and I'm learning and I and the book reinforces this. Stop asking and just be glad you got there. Absolutely. Because if you didn't get, you know, sometimes you, you're supposed to wait. Like you might not have been ready for. The I, man. Wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I I know I wasn't ready for Shane when I was with the other guy because 
Yeah. And work. I know, which I, you know, said uh, to a certain degree in the book, that Chris and I were meant to be in each other's lives, and there is good there. And just like your last relationship, sure, you can't say it or see it, but there was a reason we were oh, in, yeah. in each other's lives. Well, you and have I to, know You that. have to make those mistakes in order to be better in the right relationship. And that's what comes down to the whole message of the book is embrace failure. You have to. Every hero has battle scars. And that's the thing. It's like you can't be a hero without the battle scars. No, because the worst day of your life is usually your best. That's right. If and you, you pay know, attention to it. This weekend I'm hosting for the fifth year um, a part of the Miss You Can Do It pageant. And oh. I was on the Today Show this week of talking to, with these girls who have, are all special needs. And to see the joy radiate in a room full of girls that mm. have such tremendous disability, but yet they focus on the ability. It's so it's just so if there's so much passion around it and they are an example much like you know I have a, a special needs nephew I talked about my sister in the book because they chose at two and a half when they said you know he should be institutionalized he has 35 seizures a day he's never gonna make it to, to live to be four he just graduated high school He's 19, and he started art as physical therapy and has now, thanks to Jeff and Gage's help as well, when we went to market for um, Living Spaces, the furniture chain, he's been signed to a two-year art contract. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, that story to me is you never give up. Like, I look at Nicholas, my nephew's life, and say, you just don't give up. And that takes a lot of people and a lot of, you know, reinforcement behind you. I believe, like, parents of special needs children, too, deserve as much of the credit because it's a choice to wake up. It's a mental choice to wake up and say, this way, not that way. I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to not be negative. It's like going to the gym, and we talked about that before. It's a choice. You know, it's a decision. And so there's days, like you say, how are you keeping it up? There's days where it's not happening for me at all, sometimes even a week. And then you got to just get back in it. You got to get back in it. And I think that that's where our world needs to be. You know, we are hungry, I think, for change and for spirituality, too. You know, growing up Greek Orthodox, I've looked at seeing people who I know outside that are not churchgoers. I see as much God and spirituality and strength in them. So it's not about judgment. It's about we're all we all have the same foundation. You know, we do. It's opening yourself up to believing that you can shift your energy because it's very powerful. It's it's remarkable that that you you have such energetic passion uh, and very in a very individual way of living your life, given what you do, because so much of what you do is serve as a product, right? How do you how do you do that? How do you not get lost or or uh, exhausted by the servicing of the product. Um, I and you know what I mean, right? I, I do. I think that it is about the give, whether it's give a performance, whether it's given your job. To me now as a parent, that's even heightened because it's not about you. And in that comes the greatest fulfillment. And when you take the focus off of yourself, it actually, I believe, reflects better for your life for mm. the things you want to do. But that's a hard concept to wrap yourself around, which is basically like, don't make it about you. And then it becomes, when you get out of your own way, 
you know, it can actually really be your best self. It can be. Jenny Poulos, I love seeing you. I know. Deep thoughts, jolting it. I love <laughs> it. I love it. So good to see you. So good to see you. Fab. Look so for, good to see you. Look for Jenny Poulos on the uh, new season of Flipping Out Wednesdays on Bravo. And her book, it's it's out there, and it's so useful. It's called Grin and Bear It, How to Be Happy No Matter What Reality Throws at You. We'll see you again. Anytime mm-hmm. here. Stick around. There's more to come on The Jolt. He said, go dry your eyes and live your life like there is no tomorrow, son. And tell the others to go singing like a hummingbird, the greatest anthem ever heard. We are the heroes of our time. But we're dancing with the demons in our minds.